hello, it's Jacob Hill with GRC Academy. I'm here with Miss Laura Rogers. Laura, how are you today? I'm great, thank you. Hope you are too. Doing well, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. Could you tell us about yourself and your past experience, how you got to where you are today? Sure. In September of last year, I started as the Director of Cybersecurity Practice here at NC State University. Before that, I was with the North Carolina Military Business Center. Most of my career I spent as a defense contractor with Lockheed Martin and General Dynamics. So most of my background was in governance, risk, and compliance, policy, that sort of thing. And when I was at NC State prior to being with the Military Business Center, is when I started seeing CMMC kind of rear its ugly head. And having had so much compliance experience and also experience with CMMI, the Capability Maturity Model Integration, I realized this was going to be a really heavy lift for particularly the small contractors that I was working with at the time. So when I left NC State to go to the Military Business Center, my boss, Scott Dorney, was very nice. When I told him, I said, hey, we, we've got to do something or we're going to lose contracts out of North Carolina and we're going to lose these businesses because many of them, 100% of their portfolio is DOD. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't good, but still, we don't want to lose them. And right. so he gave me the freedom to do what I needed to do. So I started preparing trainings and I did webinars. Every time we had an event, I spoke and I developed a training program. It started with CMMC Level 1. Now, this is pre the change of CMMC 2.0. So I thought, well, if I can just help companies get to CMMC level one, that'll be something. So I developed a tool and training program, and we went through that for about four or five months with a bunch of companies. And they said, well, we'd like to keep going. So we just kept going. And there was a lot of changes happening. And so I kind of provided the situational awareness and analysis for these companies when something would happen. You know, how is this going to affect you? So we kept going. And then I had requests for teaching CMMC level three at the time. Mm -hmm. So started down that path and then it went to CMMC 2.0, but we just kept going. And that lasted quite a few months. And when that was over, people were still like, can we just keep this going? So I started a new course this past January. It's nine months and once a week. I assign homework and I use a tool that I built. It's a giant workbook. And it takes companies from nothing to building a cyber culture to all the way through to security and compliance at the end. Now, there's a caveat there in that I'm not a cyber IT technical person. Mm -hmm. So I am working with them on the compliance, the GRC side. And so they'll still need help if they don't have any IT folks working with them. But when I started figuring it out, I thought I'm kind of saving these companies around $30,000 in consulting because Mm. really building that culture and doing all the prep work, the asset inventories, the risk analysis, the data flows, network, all that kind of stuff. If you can do a lot of that yourself as a company, then that's something you don't have to pay somebody else to do. So yeah, that's kind of my my long convoluted story. <laughs> wow, that's great. Can you tell me where did you actually start this project? Because I understand you started 
at a different organization. Where did you end up? So I started when I was in the military business center and I started there in February of 2020. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I felt that we needed a statewide strategy because if you look at this as a problem and turn it upside down, it's an opportunity. So I saw a real opportunity here for if we could get the state to back us up, Mm-hmm. and provide some funding to get our companies compliant, mm-hmm. and then they would get CMMC certified. Well, guess where the contracts have to go? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, a, in my opinion, a very good investment. I've not been able to sell that. That's why I just kind of took off on my own doing this with the backing of the Military Business Center and what we call our Interagency Cybersecurity Coordinating Committee, which is made up of a lot of educational institutions and state agencies, and we all get together once a quarter And part of it is to see where we all are so we're not duplicating effort and, you know, kind of a status update. Okay, this is what this group is doing and this is what that group is doing. And so it's been really good. Hmm. Well, that's very interesting. Are there any Apex Accelerators in North Carolina? No, there aren't. About a year ago, our PTAC group decided to become GCAPS, which is Government Contracting Assistance Program. So they no longer received funding from the Defense Logistics Agency, the ones that funded the PTAC. So I think they're being funded by the SBA. I don't believe they've switched over to being an Apex Accelerator because I work with those folks quite a bit and have not heard anything about that. So it's probably only in states where they maintained a PTAC status and mm-hmm. didn't move over to a GCAT. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because often you hear about Apex Accelerators helping with CMMC. I think what you've done is much more in depth than what they would ever offer. So I'm really glad you're doing that. How many companies are you able to service? I I saw there was a lot of partners as well. Can you talk about that and scalability and how you work with that? Right. So my course is online and Currently, I have 68 companies registered. Now, they don't all come to class every week, so Mm -hmm. I record the class and then I send a link to the recording as well as the slides. And then if you're in my class, you also get the workbook. I've had requests from actually all over the world to be in the class. My preference is to keep it North Carolina, although Mm -hmm. I do make a few exceptions if a company has a presence here. But Everything that I developed was developed using state funds because I was funded by the state. So I prefer to do that. Plus, I'm a competitive person and I want my state to get the contracts. That's really fantastic. Really good to hear that. From the beginning, was the focus on a particular type of business? Was it small businesses? Was it manufacturing? Or was it anyone who works with the DOD or wants to? Anyone who works within DOD, the big, big companies, they don't need my help. But I find the ones that sign up for my course are typically the very small companies, you know, handful of employees up to maybe 20 or 30. Once you get beyond that, you typically have some IT staff. They might participate just to learn the compliance side of it. I do have a couple of those kind of companies where they're sending their IT folks to do my class so that they understand Mm. the compliance side and the cyber side. But mostly it's the smaller companies that really don't have any IT or cyber staff and they might have an MSP. I also work with their MSPs. I consult for free. So I once in a while, a company will say, 
do you mind talking to us? And I'm going to bring my MSP in and talk to us about what we're doing. And let's all do things like that too. Wow, that's great. I know you have some war stories based on your interactions with the government, what you've seen them talk about in regards to CMMC and CUI and handling. Can you talk about that? Yes. So if anyone follows me on uh, LinkedIn, they know that I'm pretty vocal, particularly about the controlled unclassified information issue. So the very data that the DOD wants us to protect, and we should, is pretty elusive. They have gotten slapped by their own IG about not marking CUI properly or consistently. They can't really give you a good definition, and the definition depends on how the data could be aggregated and things like that. But then they're expecting some mom and pop shop to understand. That is my big beef. And in fact, tomorrow I'm going to a conference and I'm going to talk to some folks from the Navy about that, that I think they're putting these companies in a very untenable position. And to put the onus on them to figure out whether or not they're touching CUI, I think is disingenuous at best. And it certainly isn't in the interest of national security. If they're Mm -hmm. truly interested in protecting this data, then they need to mark it Mm -hmm. and mark it properly and consistently. But then I'm also upset with the primes who are flowing down a requirement to be, say, CMMC level two, all the way down to the bottom of the supply chain when there is absolutely no need for that. And it's just going to cost the prime more as they buy their products. It's going to cost the DOD more. And that certainly isn't in taxpayers' best interest. And as far as a war story goes, I was doing a seminar for some small businesses that work at Camp Lejeune, and they were told that if you even deliver porta potties or gravel or anything else, you're going to receive a map that's going to have coordinates on it. Therefore, you touch CUI. Therefore, you have to have a full-blown cybersecurity program that is compliant with DFAR 7012. Well, that's nuts. That's so, you know, I'm over there waving my arms and saying, no, 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 that's that's not true. Okay, so maybe the map has coordinates. Probably get that off of Google. But nonetheless, if you can't get those coordinates off, then you can put that in the mail. You don't have to put it on someone's network. Yes. And I think that, especially with younger folks who don't remember in the past when we didn't have internet, there is such a thing as, as mail. And I was at Martin Marietta before it was Lockheed Martin in the 80s, and we designed and manufactured MX missiles without internet. So it can be done. And I just told them, put it in the mail. That is perfectly legal to do that. And then you just saved the porta potty company from $100,000 at least. They cannot do it. So let's have some common sense about this. I think you're exactly right. I was joking with somebody that... The DODs, you know, their lawns are not going to be mowed. The trash is going to be all piled up. (laughs) Their bathroom is going to be (laughs) non-functional. I mean, it could be really bad for the supply chain if they don't handle this appropriately, you know? Just have some common sense. Does it really make sense for someone who's cleaning the bathrooms to have a full-blown cybersecurity program compliant with DFAR 7012? Well, of course not. That's Mm -hmm. absurd. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we can expect basics, you know, like the FAR 52-204-21, the 15 requirements there maybe, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, sure. 
Can you talk about what you've seen with small businesses, maybe a particular control or an area they typically have problems with? The hardest thing for them is not even necessarily control, but it's the incident response. Mm, Okay. In DFAR 7012, that one is very difficult for them to do and to develop an incident response plan and knowing you have to test that plan. The last course that I taught, I think we spent about five weeks just on incident response. I'm in charge of a symposium. And so our National Guard is part of the Joint Cybersecurity Task Force here in North Carolina, and they conduct tabletop exercises. Mm. So I had them come to our symposium to conduct one and kind of show everyone how, you know, it's done. And I'm going to invite them to my class and try to get one done there as well. I think that one is just really, really tough for them to do the plan and and to test it. I think that's probably harder than anything else and probably one of the most important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I did a little, I've done a little bit of incident response work and man, you have to have an expert who knows how to put things together. And if you're not resourced to do that, I can understand that would be very, very difficult to do on your own. Well, and you know, if you're a victim of ransomware, you've, you've got oh. to get the FBI involved. And I just read an article yesterday that about 40 some odd percent of CEOs tell their employees not to report. Now mm-hmm. that's not just defense overall. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. then you might get kicked out of the supply chain if people don't think you're secure. So there's there's a lot surrounding that and mm-hmm. a lot of nuance that I think gets overlooked a little mm-hmm. bit with mm-hmm. those. Wow. Anything else you'd like to share with us? This has been really good. I really appreciate it. Well, probably a couple of things. Compliance gets a bad rap. And there's a lot of tension sometimes between the technical folks and the compliance folks and just encourage people to to work together on that. I've been in the compliance world for a long time, and I know compliance folks can be difficult to work with from time to time, but this is not the time to do that. What we are doing here is important work. We are trying to save our country. This is national security. And the mantra that we all need to say every day, and I I tell my students this, and I do it myself when I need some motivation, that the only way that Russia or China going to get my data is if they pry it out of my cold, dead hands. Mm-hmm. And that is what we all have to do. We have to think of it that way. This is serious stuff. And for the defense contractors out there, I try to appeal to your patriotism. Um, you're held to a higher standard, I think, of patriotism as a defense contractor. Mm-hmm. And the country is depending on you to protect this data. If you think of it that way, it's not as much of a burden as it is a duty as an American defense contractor. So it's kind of my appeal to everyone. Thank you. Where can people find you? I can be found at ldroger, L-D-R-O-D-G-E-R, at ncsu.edu. That's North Carolina State University. I also have a website. It's cybernc.us. And you can find information about all kinds of compliance things. It's mostly for defense contractors, but I try to keep that up to date. There's information about my course, about getting the workbook, things like that. So you can find me there as well. Excellent. Excellent. I'll put all those links in the description. Laura, really appreciate your time. It's been great speaking with you. Thank you so much. Happy to be here.